Welcome to episode 65 of the Luke Winstall Show. Now I'm joined by Rob Vaca, who has one of the coolest jobs in all of sports. He helps athletes navigate life off the field, acting as a mentor, helping them with finances, and also aiding them in supporting their community from charities to foundations and more. Rob is a cancer survivor and has helped countless athletes navigate life outside the lines. Now we'll dive into the interview. Rob, thank you for joining me on the show. How are you doing today? Phenomenal. Grateful to be on the show and and really grateful to to be here at all. So I'm I'm just grateful. Thanks for having me, Luke. You're welcome. I'm really grateful to have you on. I'm excited to hear about your journey and your job and what you do. So first off, how would you describe your job and what you do? Because as we were talking about before we have gone on the show here, it's very unique and very special. Yeah, it's you know, I use the word boilerplate and it is anti boilerplate. It's the opposite of a job description you would find on the internet. In fact, I highly doubt that anybody could find a description of what I do anywhere other than right here because it's been a culmination of an almost 30-year or 30, actually 30-year journey since I left college as a, a college football player, as an NCAA student athlete. I graduated about 30 years ago, and during my journey, I've learned a lot about entrepreneurship. I've learned a lot about philanthropy. I've learned a lot about business. I've learned a lot about human psychology. I've learned a lot about relationships. I've learned a lot about failure. And when you put all those things into a bowl and you mix them up, you get this sort of cupcake that has come out of my life journey. And I'm able to help NFL players and Major League Baseball players. I'm able to help uh, them navigate life away from the game. I'm able to help them sort through the issues that come from having money, the issues that come with relationships, the issues that come with business, the opportunities that come with all those things. So I've taken my 30-year journey and put it into a, a bit of a box, and I've unleashed it to be able to help young men and their families thir- uh, thrive and flourish off the field. Definitely. Now, in that journey for you, how did you get from finishing college to now being where you are in your role? Well, I think you need, it's, it's kind of like a thermometer. Right, A thermometer has lots of degrees, and you need to go through a lot of temperatures in your life and a lot of climates and a lot of seasons to get what I call situational fluency. So situational fluency is the accumulation of knowledge. It is the uh, accumulation of opportunities and going through those opportunities, failing, succeeding tweaking, getting better, coming out again and trying again, falling down, getting up, having a village around you, learning more, helping people. And one day you wake up, it's five years later, it's 10 years later, it's 15 years later, it's it's 30 years later, and you have situational fluency because you've had a lot of reps. It's not unlike an NFL player, let's say a defensive end, 
they're practicing rushing the quarterback, beating the tackle. They're practicing hand movement. They're practicing lower body strength. They're practicing agility. It's reps and reps and reps and reps and reps. I've done the same thing with my life in business, with relationships, with philanthropy, with um, investments, etc. And on the other side of that, after a lot, a lot of reps, you get situational fluency. From what I've heard from you talking on different podcasts or other interviews, you seem to have a philosophy that you use when you talk to athletes or talk to people and help them through certain situations. So how would you describe it? How would you look at and talk about your outlook on life? Well, I believe that mindset is paramount to everything else. If you don't have the right mindset, if you don't have an abundance mindset, if you don't have a gratitude mindset, in my opinion and in my personal experience, it's very difficult to get anywhere substantial. It's very difficult to make your mark. It's difficult to make an impact if you don't have a philosophy that is one of possibility and one of how do I help people? How do I give more than I get? How do I have an attitude of gratitude even when things are not good? Like now, in the current environment we're in with COVID-19, how do I find a way to be grateful even though I may have a loss of income, even though I may have lost my job, even though, um, you know, for me, I'm an extrovert. I love building relationships. I love being around people. I love pouring into people. It's hard to be sequestered. So how do you have the right attitude? And the reality is you build a mindset that's based on joy and not happiness. So let me explain. My father passed away in December. That was a hard time for our family. I wasn't happy. I was sad, but I had great joy. There's a big difference. Happiness comes from external factors. Joy comes from belief, faith, what you build within, what you tell yourself, what you feed yourself psychologically. And so on a, from a joy standpoint, I'm joyful, wasn't happy. My father-in-law passed away in January, wasn't happy but I had great joy and I believed and had faith that he was going to a better place and that everyone was going to be okay. Even though we were sad. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And that brings up the question, where does that <clears throat> philosophy come from? Is it rooted in any kind of religion or someone who's had a big influence on you or where does it come from? Well, it's rooted in, in faith. I'm a, a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm grateful for the fact that I'm even here. I'm grateful for the fact that I've been given grace and an opportunity, but that's one factor. After that, you can't just say that you believe. After that, you have to do something about it. So for me, I've taken the life experiences I've had, and I've had plenty of failures. I've had plenty of low points. And I think sometimes people look around the world and they see people that are, that are full of joy and they misinterpret that for happiness. They misinterpret that joy for external happiness. And they think, well, they must make a lot of money, or they must have a lot of influence, or they must have a lot of stuff, or they must be taking a lot of vacations. The reality is that's not true, right? The reason why I have become 
the way I am, the way I, I have this mindset and philosophy really is through the struggle, right? I went through cancer at age 31. I was given a 50% chance at making it. I'll never forget the day. I don't rue the day. I don't look back uh, and look behind me and, and worry about the past. But on July 14th of 1999, the doctor called me and said, you know what? You got a mass on your chest. It's the size of a grapefruit. And I think it's cancer. And I said, no way, man, that, that, that can't be. Um, I work out every day. Um, I'm eating healthy. I've never taken drugs. I don't smoke. I'm, I'm a casual drinker. I'm training. I'm, I'm in great health. I had cancer. And so what do you do? Do you ask why me? Do you get sad? And so you have a choice to make. We have free will. We have choices. My choice was, God, for whatever reason I got this cancer, I have faith in you. I believe in you. I'm going to do my part. I need you to do your part. I need help. Give me grace. Give me an opportunity, and I'll make good on it. And so I survived cancer, and that was a big, that was a big moment in my life. And that was 20-plus years ago, 20, 20 and a half years ago. And through the last 20 years, again, I've made – I've made decisions that have turned out to be the wrong decisions. I've made mistakes. I've failed. But my attitude is I'm one step closer to success. I'm one step closer to getting it right because I believe I have an attitude of gratitude. I believe in people. I think most people are good. And I have an abundance mentality because I see things as possible. If I could survive cancer when the doctor said you got a 50-50 shot, if my tumor, which was the size of a grapefruit, and the doctor said would probably shrink to the size of a walnut, if my tumor could fully disappear and the doctors tell me they've never seen anything like it, it's gone fully, they can't even find a trace of it, then I could have the right attitude. In your job, you try to help people and athletes try to become successful both on and off the field. How do you define success and how do you look at success for yourself and also when you're helping other people? Yeah, I think success is too often defined in terms of results. I think it's determined by um, our culture, whatever that is, uh, in terms of numbers, in terms of uh, stuff, and in terms of factors that sometimes you can't even control. So, I believe that success is practicing the right behavior, practicing the right activity, working to get better, helping people along the way, doing your part in the village to make the world a better place, doing your part to make an impact on other people's lives. And if you do those things, I'm just telling you, if you follow that roadmap, in general, you will become successful in most definitions of success in our culture. What do you think is the best advice that you've ever received, whether someone told you or maybe you read it somewhere? Yeah, I think it's, it's probably the simplicity of don't ever get too high or too low. So don't panic and don't get so euphoric and so full of the moment that 
you're too high or too low. And so for me, I try not to let perceived bad situations get too, too low for me and pull me down. And I also don't try to um, over-inflate positive things that happen. Although I acknowledge them and I'm grateful, I try not to over-inflate um, results or stuff or, or things like that. Well, now that we've learned a little about you, I'm curious about your career. Was this always your path that you were trying to go on? Was it always a goal that you had since you finished college? No, it really wasn't. I can tell you that sports, and in particular football, have played a massive role in my life. My father was an All-American uh, tackle at Division Three Marietta College in Ohio, in my kind of man cave right now, and looking at a letter that was addressed to him, signed by hand by um, Wellington Mara, another letter signed by um, Vince Lombardi, and yet another letter that was signed by the Chicago Bears founder, George Hallis. And he was a spectacular football player. He chose not to play in the NFL at that time in the early 1960s. There was no money in it. But he taught me a lot about football, and then football taught me a lot about life. Playing high school football and college football, really, it felt like it taught me all four seasons of life. It taught me highs, lows. It taught me teamwork, discipline, coachability, um, focus, determination. It taught me so many different attributes that are critical to navigate life that um, eventually I knew football might come back around for me. I unsuccessfully had an agent and a couple of tryouts when I came out of college in 1989. I was a place kicker, and I had, uh, I had really good success playing at Wittenberg University in Ohio. I wound up playing there all four years, had great experiences. We won a championship. We had great guys, guys I still talk to today. I had a longing for football, and when, when I didn't make it, uh, I moved on to business, and my business journey ultimately took me to a point where I met Larry Fitzgerald, who, as most people know, is Mr. Uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year, Mr. First Ballot Hall of Famer and really a great guy. And I met Larry about a decade ago. And from that point forward, he introduced me to an awful lot of people in the NFL. And I just started helping guys. I started helping guys with advice. I started helping guys with their charity. I started uh, showing up at charity events and contributing. I wound up being the MC or auctioneer at a lot of charity events. And ultimately, uh, that led me all the way down the path to where I am now after having been an entrepreneur and started several businesses to the point where I just saw that so many of the NFL players that I net, uh, met and had a relationship with struggled after sport. Very few guys are Larry Fitzgerald. Very few guys are Ray Lewis. Ray's a guy who uh, I launched a charity with along with uh, sports science host John Brankus in 2017. And so my point is, very few Ray Lewis's and, and Larry Fitzgerald's, 
most guys struggle after they leave the game because they don't leave voluntarily like Ray did and Larry will. They leave reluctantly kicking and screaming because somebody told them they, they weren't allowed to play anymore. Whether it was an injury, too expensive, a younger guy took their spot, they lost a step, whatever it was. And as a result, guys leave the game and they're not prepared for what's next. They did not invest in relationships with business people who might be able to further um, help them or mentor them. They did not have a plan for what they would do for the next 40, 50 years of their life. Because most guys, when they leave the NFL, are in their late 20s or early 30s at, at the latest. And so I saw the struggle. I wanted to help guys. I care about the sport. I care about the guys. And I wanted to help guys navigate some of these issues that are related to money, that are related to what I do from a business standpoint, what do I do from a charity standpoint, what do I do from a relationship standpoint, and I thought I could could offer some help in those areas. So specifically, what is something that players will come to you about or come to you for advice on? What are some of the things that you would help them with? My team and I really focus on three areas. Number one is what I would call the offensive coordination of their life, and that's related to their finances. So my team consists of two NFLPA registered player financial advisors who are terrific guys and brilliant. So one guy helps players form a budget, form a plan to grow their assets, form a plan to get from age 21 or 25 or 27 all the way to 50, 60, 70 or beyond. And he's terrific. So we're helping them grow their money. The second guy helps protect. He's the defensive guru, the defensive coordinator. He's helping guys make sure they're protected from a legal perspective, from an LLC perspective, if they have off-the-field income, from an insurance perspective, from a NFL benefits perspective. So he's outstanding. So we're helping protect guys. And then I'm sort of the special teams coordinator. I'm helping mentor guys on entrepreneurship, how to build a business, how to start a business how to network, how to build a network, who to trust, what to, to ask for. Today I had uh, two unique situations where one of our, our player clients came to me and asked if I could help him build his resume for a job, and I did. And another guy has me working to extend his charitable impact and reach. So there's a lot that we do. It's super encompassing and super broad. And that's why I said there's really no boilerplate job description. One of the most interesting things I think about your job is the way that you're able to help guys with charities, nonprofits, philanthropy. So if a player like, for example, Ray Lewis or some of the other guys that you've worked with comes to you and wants to give back to the community, what steps do you take and how do you help guide them through that process? It's a great question, and there is a process. It, first of all, I often tell guys starting a charity is not a good idea. There's 1.5 million, uh, maybe a little more, nonprofits, charities in the United States. The U.S. does not need more charities unless you're, A, very serious about it and committed, and B, believe that you're going to carry this thing out on a long-term mission. You're not going to do it because 
you were a first round pick or a third round pick and you want to have three years that you want to hold, you know, dinner events. Don't do it for that reason. So we go through a process of determining what's your passion, what's your purpose, and what's your why. Why would you do this? You need a strong why. If you don't have a super strong why, then let's not start a charity. We can make an impact in the community. You don't need your own foundation. We can work with Boys and Girls Clubs. We can work with juvenile diabetes. We can work with a, a inner city group that helps with after school programs. We can do that kind of stuff. So we've got to de determine, first of all, is there a strong enough why? Is there a burning fire? Second of all, who do we want to put on the board? We've got to create a board that's powerful, a board that consists of people who have some influence and who can help us build the fundraising, help us build events, and help us create something that's sustainable. Third thing is we've got to create a technology presence. We need a social media presence. We need a, a website. So there's a lot of stuff, and there's different formats. Some players need a full-blown IRS 501c3. Other players don't, and they go to places like PPF, which is Players Philanthropy Fund, headed up by former Ravens kicker Matt Stover. And they can use uh, a fiscal sponsor where they don't have to become a, a full-blown 501c3. PPF is their 501c3. So there's a lot of different technical approaches. There's purpose approaches. There's a lot that goes into it, and I help take players sort of through that process. What do you think is your biggest accomplishment? Well, I, you know, I, it sounds cliche-ish, but I'm at the point in my life where you meet a crossroads and maybe you'll get there someday. You know, you're just starting out. It's amazing, amazing that you are a freshman in college and you have the courage and the drive to reach out to people old people like me who are in their early 50s and other NFL players, it's amazing that you've been able to accomplish what you have at such an early age. And you'll, you'll be on the climb, right? You're climbing. You're, you're going to try to graduate from college. You're going to try to build a career. You may build a family. You're, you're climbing. I'm not climbing. I've built a family. I've built businesses. I've built charities. I've invested in people. My kids are now 17 and 14. They'll be a senior and a freshman, respectively, in high school. My wife and I have been married for 18 years. My point is, success to me looks different than it did 20 years ago. Very different. For me, success is about significance and impact. It's about who can I help? What can I create and build? What, um, what mark can I leave? And not about putting my name on a stadium. That's not the mark I'm talking about. Who can I help? Who can, can I get in someone's village and help them? Can I create something special? Can I continue to do the right thing? Can my kids continue to do the right thing? Can I help my kids learn and get through the eye of the needle? Because we now live in a world where I just, it's, it's complicated. It's a complicated world. When I was coming out of college, the world was less complicated. Social media is fantastic and awful. It creates opportunities and it creates problems. Technology is amazing. It creates opportunities and it creates problems. So success for me now is 
who can I help? Can I help my kids? Can I help others? And can we keep making our mark? I'm wondering for you, do you have any projects or anything you've been working on that's coming up for you or anything that you're about to release or anything like that? Well, every every player that we work with is a project, right? And I am super jazzed that it seems like we're coming out of this pandemic. I have always believed in my life that, you know, probably the most simple belief that I have back to you asked me a question what one thing did somebody tell you or you learn that that you've applied winter always gives way to spring always there's never been a winter that didn't give way to spring and the metaphor there is that most people think that winter is cold it's gray and spring brings green new life light sunshine so I think we're we're on to the light and sunshine we're close and I'm really excited about what the new light is going to bring for our guys, for the NFL, for Major League Baseball, and really for our country. So I have lots of things going on. I'm constantly, you know, I'm John Brankus, the sports science guy, is my best friend. He's got an amazing thing going on right now where he's interviewing luminaries and celebrities in advance of Memorial Day, and, and he's helping spread the message that there is great patriotism, there's great love for the state that you came from, and there's great love for the sacrifice that our military's made. So, you know, I'm kind of I'm I'm helping a lot of different people along the way, and so there's always a new project, man. Well, Rob, that's all the questions I had for you. Thank you so much for your time, Luke. Thank you, my friends. I appreciate it. I wish you all the best. God bless you. You are uh, you're a superstar in the making, if not one already. And, and I'm going to be following you and, and what you're able to achieve. So good luck. Thank you again to Rob for taking the time to join me on the podcast. On the next episode of the Luke Winstall Show, I'll be talking with Jedediah Collins, former NFL fullback for the New Orleans Saints and current NFL financial advisor. That concludes this episode of The Luke Winstall Show. I'm Luke Winstall. Thank you all for tuning in.